Hello and welcome to day 5 of the 10 minute snippets in December. Today is an interview with Alex Staniforth. Alex brought us a really inspiring story from his endeavours on uh, Everest and with his mental health and his charity work since. Here's 10 minutes. I suppose we should get on to what happened during your attempts on Everest. Uh, why don't you explain it in your own words? Because it's really hard for me to sort of introduce such a yeah. uh, such an event, I think. I'll try and keep it um, brief. But basically, when 2014 was my first attempt, I uh, flew out to Nepal on a team. Um, that was... You know that was that was that was led by by uh, Tim Mosnell, who I mentioned before, and we were walking into base camp from Lucknow, which takes about three weeks on this two-month trip. And a day before we got there, there was a massive avalanche in the icefall, which sadly killed sixteen Sherpas. Um, obviously, you know we were lucky to be going home safe. We couldn't complain, but the expedition was was called off uh, about a week later. You know, without even getting a foot above base camp. So naturally, we just had to pack up and go home. Um, all that time, money, effort, just gone. So you can just really redefine success. You know, I was naive enough at 18 to think that the harder I worked, then the more lucky I'd be. But the mountain doesn't give a damn about how hard you've worked or how much you've spent. And that was the first lesson of how to achieve mountaineering. Um, so it was a year to, to learn from that, you know, to come back stronger. Um, and... Essentially, you know, how do you pick yourself back up again? So 2015, at 19, went back to the mountain. And uh, this this time it all started well. It felt like this was the real deal. And um, we left base we left base camp one morning in the early hours to reach camp one on our, our first acclimatisation trip up the mountain. And that day happened to be when the earthquake hit Nepal. Uh, just when we were about half an hour away from camp one, about 6,000 metres up the mountain. Um, I was well, I was about half an hour behind. You know, most of the team were were well ahead of me at this point, and and yeah, I mean, hearing the sound of ice breaking off the mountain, being so exhausted that I didn't actually feel the earthquake, I just heard this big power avalanche coming straight towards us in the fog, and for the first time in my life at 19, thinking, you know, this is it, game over. Um, nothing could have trained us for that. And we just got hit by this big blast of powder. Uh, luckily, we, you know, the ice, the debris never came. But, you know, when you've not been exposed to that, you always assume the worst. And we were trapped at Camp 1 for two days, um, again, over 6,000 metres. The route down to base camp had gone. We're told to be there for a week or, you know, even longer, when we've only got supplies for a day or two days at most. And every half an hour, you've got aftershocks hitting you from both sides. Mm. Suddenly, you're thrown into the unknown, you know, and you really have to focus on what you can control, like just the basics of hydration, food, attitude, looking after each other. Um, Not knowing that actually base camp had been wiped out by a much bigger avalanche triggered by the earthquake, and um, 20 people have died at base camp, including three of our team, sadly. Uh, Three of our shirts who we'd seen at breakfast that morning. Um, so that's what happened. Uh, two biggest disasters in every history in two years, I guess. Wow, I mean, it's a horrendous experience to go through for anyone, let alone someone who's eighteen. 
19, let alone someone who's on their sort of first major expeditions. I suppose the, the question that sort of pops into my head, also knowing that you went back to the Himalayas after these two attempts of Everest as well, but even between the two Everest attempts and then to go and do Cho Oil, or you, isn't it, that you tried? Basically, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was it that sort of kept you going? You know, what what, what was it that made you want to... Th- well, there must be something that is sort of in your head that makes you want to go back to these places, despite the fact that these disastrous events happened whilst you were there that must have been absolutely awful to experience. I think it was an appreciation for risk, for life. You know, in, at 19, to realise how fragile life could be, that had we not left base camp that morning, we probably wouldn't be having a chat now. You know, but when we found our tents buried under a foot of ice and rock and torn apart like paper and see the the injuries and the and, and the and the deaths that happened, mostly in the central part of camp where we were, um, it's a matter of hours. You know, you you, you realise actually maybe the biggest risk is to take no risk at all. You know, and I guess I had this obligation to the Sherpas to 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 really give something back. You know, to pursue those dreams whilst we have them you know because people say oh you're young you've got lots of time no we haven't you know we are all on borrowed time and i think it was the need to to live to that full potential was 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 probably driving me there wasn't so much the fear you know the fear of what happened i think i wanted to kind of put all that to bed by going back um i originally chose you was the the real intention behind that was to get some more experience, to get an 8,000 metre peak under my belt before going back to Everest in 2017. Um, that was the full intention. Chowayu is the sixth highest mountain in the world. It's still a hell of a challenge, but it's a beautiful mountain and was probably the best trip I've ever been on. Unsurprisingly, um, didn't summit that either because of the altitude. Got to about 7,200 metres uh, on summit night and things just went downhill from there, quite literally. <laughs> and I think it was that willingness to have almost created a vision i've got to realize that now you know and and it was on show you that actually everything changed and i suddenly was able to really really honestly think about what was i here for what was this about what am i trying to achieve um but i had to go there and fail for the third time to really have that you know to have that kind of insight wow i mean yeah it's experiences that most of us will never go through and it's sort of hard to comprehend how you would have how how it would affect you personally uh, if you were in that experience. I mean, when you came back to the UK after the Everest expeditions, after Chowoyu, how did you feel when you come back? How were you sort of coping with the, what had happened out there? I, I, I hate to sort of label it, but you know, you, you hear all these things about post traumatic stress and and uh, the, these big events impacting you personally. How did it sort of impact you when you were sort of sat on your couch on your own back home? Well, when I got back from the first trip, um, I had a really bad case of salmonella, actually. So I was stuck in bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got the cleanest place. Um, the second trip was different because because of all the trauma and death and, and all the panic back home. You know, obviously, with my mum and dad in particular, um, having to ring my mum on a satellite phone from Camp One Everest and to hear her all excited because, oh, you know, how's it going and how are you feeling? And I was like, right, I've got a slight problem. Um, you know, there was such a juxtaposition because 
you kind of feel you should be happy to be home and safe, but I didn't really want to be anywhere. You know, I just fell apart. And looking back, there was definitely some post-traumatic stress. I still think I'm dealing with that now, but I never really got help for it at the time. I never really dealt with it. I just tried to put it in a box, you know, and I think there has been a post-traumatic element. Um, I think with any event like that, unless you deal with it, those things do grow with you. Um, and so I wasn't really happy to be home. You know, I was I was lost, I was depressed, and I really just shut myself away for a while. And I think what changed that was a friend of mine, Rich, another Rich, uh, he rang me, you know, at some point after that and basically said, you know, this could be one of the best things that's ever happened to you. You know, and he had this tough ex, you know, ex-military kind of tough love approach. Um, and he'd seen worse things when he was my age. He could relate to what I was feeling, you know, which other people couldn't. Not many people could really understand what I'd just been through it because you can't train for that. Um, and that was when, again, there was a mindset shift, right? How can I turn this into a positive? How can I use this story to try and fundraise and help the people in Nepal? Like 9,000 people have died and lost everything. Um, so again, I just threw myself into challenges, started speaking. That was the start of my speaking career. I wrote my first book, Icefall, and writing a book was very therapeutic. I've always enjoyed writing, but being able to put it down on paper, kind of distracting myself from it all. But the thing is, I never really dealt with it. And there was, there was a lot of flashbacks and things for the first sort of few months. Um, and I just kind of forgot about that. But I've seen how that's come to gut me in various parts of life ever since, you know. So I guess I just tried to look for the positive. You know, that was the only way forward. So thank you for listening to this uh, minisode, we shall call it. Uh, just a shorter version of the full episode that was released earlier in the year. If you like what you hear, then all of the episodes are still available. Go back on your chosen app and scroll through and dig and delve into the world of the Outdoors Adventure podcast and listen to any of the full episodes that you like the sound of. Thank you for listening, not just to this episode, for the, but for the entire year. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this podcast, and I hope you're enjoying the shorter episodes this month. I would love it if you would rate or review the podcast on your chosen app too. It does wonders to spread the word of the podcast and get it a bit more ooh, well-known and a bit of a wider listener base. See you next time.